How's everybody doing, Facebook family? Um, today is uh, what August uh, what ninth, twenty twenty, and uh, it's going to be a hot one today in southeastern Michigan, and so we're looking forward to probably getting outside and enjoying the weather. Uh, where we left off, we left off at the tail end of Genesis twenty nine when Jacob is about to have his offspring. And we see in verse 31 of chapter 29, uh, when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb. Now remember, uh, Leah was the one that Jacob didn't really love. He was tricked into marrying her, thinking that he was marrying Rachel uh, by their father. But because Leah was older, she, according to their culture, should be married first. And so she's the one that married Jacob. And, um, and the Lord saw that Jacob didn't really love her. And so <clears throat> he opened her womb, but Rachel, the one he did love, was unable to conceive. And so we see here that Leah uh, gave birth to four sons here, uh, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah. And so <clears throat> this is the origins of the tribe of Israel. And so um, the 12 tribes of Israel. So these are the four sons that... Uh, uh, she gave birth to. And then in verse 30, Rachel's very upset because she's barren. And she says, um, give me sons or I will die. This is what she tells Jacob. She's being a little dramatic, but having children uh, in that culture for women was extremely important. And if you couldn't have children, if you were barren, then you were deemed as unblessed and, and cursed and and all that sort of thing. And so in verse two, Jacob became uh, angry with Rachel and said, am I in God's place who has withheld offspring from you? So he's like, why are you complaining to me? You know, I'm doing what I need to do and you're not getting pregnant and you're complaining to me. Why are you complaining to me? And so in verse three, then she said, here's my maid Bilhah, go sleep with her and she'll bear children for me so that through her, I too can build a family. Now, does that not sound familiar? Does that, that not sound like what Sarah did with Abraham? And so in verse four, it says, so Rachel, Rachel gave her a slave Bilhah to Jacob as a wife and he slept with her. And sure enough, she became pregnant and she gave birth to Dan. And then she gave birth to another son, Naphtali. And so now we have six sons uh, that Jacob has. And so, but Leah's watching all of this, right? And so when Leah sees this and she has stopped having children, then she was beside herself. And so she decides that she's going to give her slave, uh, Zilpah, to um, Jacob. And so he can sleep with her and give her more children. And that's exactly what happened. And so she bore him a son, Gad and another son, Asher. And so, so we see here that now we're up to what, eight sons that Jacob has. You know, he has one with his wife and then he has two or he has more, um, excuse me, he has four with his wife and then he has other children with his uh, female slaves. And so, but they're all counted as his household. <clears throat> and so then, um, and so what we see here happening is that uh, uh, Rachel became very, very, very obsessed with having kids herself, but still it didn't happen. 
And so we see here um, in verse 10 or in verse 16, when Jacob came in from the field that evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, you must come with me for I have hired you with my son's mandrakes. So Jacob slept with her that night. And so what happened was, is that this mandrake is uh, considered to be uh, an aphrodisiac and, and, and a, uh, a plant or whatever that uh, increases fertility. And so, um, and so Leah slept with Jacob again and they had Issachar. So they had another son. <clears throat> and so finally, uh, what happens here, if we look at uh, verse 19, then Leah conceived again and bore J Jacob a sixth son. God has given me a good gift, Leah said. This time my husband will honor me because I have borne him six sons. And she named him Zebulon. Later, uh, Leah bore him a daughter called Dinah. Now we're we going to remember Dinah because Dinah becomes interesting later on. And so, and so we see that uh, uh, Leah has been given Jacob a whole lot of sons. And the only thing Rachel could do was give him sons via her slave. And so <clears throat> we see here that um, uh, Jacob is still on Laban's property. So all of this is happening on Laban's property. You know, he's still, he never left. He stayed there and he's having, uh, he's married both of his daughters, having all his kids, increasing his household, essentially on somebody else's land. Okay, and so, and he's kind of, uh, he's kind of tired of it, and um, and he has built Laban a lot of wealth, you know, he because he increased his flocks, he just got God's hand was on him, and everything he touched it seemed like grew and turned to gold, and so he increased Laban's flocks, and so we see here in chapter thirty one, now Jacob heard what Laban's sons were saying, uh, Jacob has taken all. That was our father's and has built this wealth from what belonged to our father. And verse two, and Jacob saw <clears throat> from Laban's face that his attitude toward him was not the same as before. And so Jacob had increased his household. He had also increased the value of Laban's household. But the people in Laban's household, they weren't happy with this because they're seeing Jacob is really blowing up, even though they're also blowing up. And so... <clears throat> In verse 3, it says, the Lord said to him, go back to your land of your fathers and your family, and I will be with you. So the Lord tells him to leave, you know, pick up, it's time for you to go. And so he, he leaves. And so he leaves Laban's household and, and whatnot. And there's some drama surrounding him leaving because he didn't tell him when he was leaving. And, and, uh, and then Laban went after him and caught up with him. And then they made up, kissed and made up and and this, that, and other, but it's time for, you know, Jacob to, to go out on his own. And so he was following God's word and that's exactly what was happening. And so as he was going back, uh, he still had an issue and his issue was Esau. And so he still had to deal with Esau because he stole his birthright and, and all this other stuff. And so he was afraid to go back because he didn't know how Esau was going to react to him. So he's afraid to go back home. But that's where he's headed. And so in chapter 32 and verse 3, it says, Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the territory of Edom. Verse 4, he commanded them, you are to say to my Lord Esau, this is what your servant Jacob says. I have been staying with Laban and have been delayed until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, and male and female slaves. 
I have sent this message to inform my Lord in order to seek your favor. So he's essentially sending them forward. I mean, sending messengers to try and feel out the lay of the land. How's his brother going to react? In verse six, it says, when the messengers returned to Jacob, they said, we went to your brother Esau. He is coming to meet you. And he has 400 men with him. Now think about what Jacob is thinking. He's coming out to kill me. Verse seven, Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He divided the people with him into two camps among uh, with the flocks, herds, and camels. He thought if Esau comes to one camp and attacks it, the remaining one can escape. Now remember, um, Jacob's household is now very big because he became a, a wealthy man when he was with Laban. And so he has not only his family, but servants, and cattle, livestock. I mean, he, he's, he's big. And so he's going on uh, getting back home. And again, he has to address the, the Esau issue. But before he gets to, to meet Esau, uh, he had an interesting encounter. And so we see in verse 24, so Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not defeat him, he struck Jacob's hip, hip socket as they wrestled and dislocated his hip. When he said to Jacob, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. So Jacob knew there was something up with this quote man, unquote. <clears throat> In verse 27, what is your name? The man asked Jacob, he replied. In verse 28, your name will no longer be Jacob, he said. It will be Israel because you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. And so we see the importance of naming. First of all, Jacob, depending on what, who you read, and, and Jacob can mean supplanter, it can mean like a trickster, a deceiver, you know, depending on what you, where you're getting your definition from. And so we see that, that that's what Jacob was about. He was about kind of, you know, stealing Esau's birthright. He was about deceiving and tricking people into his own benefit. But maybe he, in his time, which was at least 14 years, and probably closer to 20, maybe over 20, in Laban's land, maybe he had learned some things, you know, with regard to being tricked against, if you will. And maybe he had come to some degree of wisdom. Who knows? But we see here that his name is changed to Israel. And again, depending on what you read and whatnot, Israel can mean, uh, you know, God fights or God fights for us or, or whatever. And so, and so he has been re renamed by this man. It's, it was a struggle with the Lord. And that's, I think there's another lesson here because it says, uh, but Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. It's about being persistent. You can't just give up. You got to keep in there. You got to hang in there. You got to press the Lord, press, 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 press you know, and don't give up. We give up too easily, many times, way too easily. And so uh, we have to hold on and we have to press. <clears throat> and so Jacob has been renamed. <clears throat> and so in chapter 33, we see that this encounter between him and Esau is about to take place. And so we see that in verse one, now Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming towards him with 400 men and says, and, but in verse four, it says, but Esau ran to meet him, hugged him, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And then they wept. And so everything that Jacob was afraid of did not come to fruition. That wasn't what was on Esau's mind. 
Now, if I was Jacob, I probably would have been thinking the same thing. But Esau was probably thinking, I miss my brother. You know, what's going on? And so when he saw him, he ran out to him and embraced him. And, um, and so many times we're afraid of what might happen, and that paralyzes us. And, and, and we don't do certain things that we probably should do because we're afraid of what might happen. But that's not in the cards. And so if we press forward, then we will truly find out what the deal is. <laughs> And so we see that um, uh, Jacob still wants to, he still wants to bless Esau though. Now, I don't know if he wanted to just because he wanted to, or if he wanted to just to seal the deal to make sure that Esau really wasn't upset with him. I don't know what, I don't know what the deal was. But, um, but Esau says to him in verse nine, he says, I have enough, my brother, you know, keep what you have. I don't, I don't need any gifts from you. I don't need presents. I've got enough. Keep with you there. But Jacob pressed on. He wanted to give him more. And so in verse 11, it says, uh, uh, Jacob says, please take my present that was brought to you because God has been gracious to me and I have everything I need. So Jacob urged him until he accepted, until Esau accepted. And so Esau did accept his gifts after Jacob was pressing. And so <clears throat> we'll pick up tomorrow. Um, in chapter 34, uh, but before we break, I just want to make a, a, a declaration here, um, and I just want to declare that the Holy Spirit will come in power over the citizens of our country, that we will recognize God for who he is, that we will stop trying to run away from him, stop trying to marginalize him, and realize that he is for us, not against us. And so in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you, and we welcome your Holy Spirit to invade our hearts, Lord. Correct us in our behavior, Father God. Correct us in our mindsets, for we honor you, we love you, and we praise you, and we want to be good sons in your house and good daughters in your house, in Jesus' name. With that, be blessed, and we'll see you tomorrow.